0: what is going on everybody thank you for tuning into the shock factor typically with jake and jordan however as most midweeks are they aren't as exciting as the weekend therefore the midweek episode is just me steven shock not joined by jake and jordan unfortunately we will still have fun while we talk about the game we all love which is college baseball And this week, we actually had a ton of interesting stuff happen. I'm not talking about wins and losses. You know me. You know wins and losses are cool, but I don't really care too much about that. I'm going to talk about two teams here that are very interesting, and then we are going to break it down with the first-ever Shock Factor guest, Jake Geloff, the current home run leader. Well, he's tied with the Hispanic Titanic, but Jake is also, you know, he's a sophomore, he's a beast, he's a savage. And you're going to get to hear his thoughts. I think he's a brilliant man. That's up for you to determine. Now, this week, we actually had a good amount of interesting stuff. I'm going to focus on two main things, my two main takeaways. The first, of course, being Presbyterian's upset over the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, what makes this upset interesting is Presbyterian lost to Campbell on Sunday, 36-4. So, Presbyterian College, they're in South Carolina, I want to say. Their mascot is the Blue Hose, which, is it a blue rubber hose? Is it the Blue Man Group? Is it just a bunch of slutty people dressed in blue? We don't know. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the upset. Presbyterian, they're a small mid-major school. They won their conference last year, I believe, and made it to the postseason. They have a lot of dogs. That is one thing I am not going to deny. That is one thing everyone can admit. They are a gritty bunch. Now you're thinking, okay, mid-major rolls up to an in-state rival. They probably took their team bus, whatever it may be. Presbyterian College, the Blue Hose did not. After the game, I found out that Presbyterian pulled up in style in what looked to be 2018 all white Chrysler Town and Country minivans. Yeah, the ones you see on the commercials. That's what Presbyterian showed up in to beat the South Carolina Gamecocks 9 to 6. Now, it was a great game. There were a ton of great moments. A homie named Dalton, he blasted a two-run bomb or a one-run bomb, I can't quite remember cuz it was 2 days ago. But He blasted a bomb that in the eighth inning that put the score at, I want to say, 8-6. to The game was just over at that point. Like, everybody knew the game was over. You know, Presbyterian, sure, the Gamecocks sent guys to the plate, but Presbyterian put a dog out on the mound, and they absolutely attacked, and they won the game, which, when you're playing the Gamecocks, it's never an easy game. They are a very talented team. Like I said, they took two out of three against Vandy this weekend in Columbia. And they lost to this team that lost 36-4. to That's just, those are crazy numbers. And you might be thinking, oh, they got beat 36-4. to Well, maybe they just aren't the best team in the world. They, they lost that game to Campbell, but the thing is they won the game before. So this is just a prime example of anything can happen in college baseball. And I'm grateful that the Blue Hose pulled it off because that was something great that happened. And I'm a mid-major advocate. Everybody should know that by me by, about me by now. I played at App State, I played at UMBC, I played at UVA, so I've seen literally everything you could imagine, in my mind, about everything you can imagine, and that just made me happy to see. Another thing that came to my attention was Murray State. Now, Murray State is an interesting college. They, they're they just interesting. They started conference play this weekend, and I think they did okay for themselves, but as you know, I'm not all about results. I'm all about process, and I care about, you know, what sort of process teams are taking because, you know, baseball is full of so many uncontrollables and, you know, so much of it is out of your hands. So if your process is good, that's about all you can ask of yourself. And I love Murray State's process. So they start conference play this weekend, but, or they started conference play this weekend, but one thing they did before starting conference play was a little team bonding event. Now, this team bonding event was held at the beautiful establishment known as Dave & Buster's. And now, I know it personally as adult Chuck E. Cheese, but this was at Dave & Buster's. And from the looks of it, Murray State's got some dogs on the skee-ball courts, if there's courts for skee-ball. I don't really know how how you would quantify where you play skee-ball. But Murray State walked away from Dave & Buster's with about a four-foot-long panda. And, you know, it's a team bonding event. They got a nice relic, a nice artifact to remind themselves Of their great times at Dave & Buster's, just hanging out, shooting the shit as a team. And they got this panda. And now everyone's asked the question, well, what do we do with the panda? No one wants to, I mean, you could throw it in the baseball house and get drunk around it and mess around with it, whatever. And that's funny. You might get one or two laughs every once in a while, but that joke's going to get old. So what do we do with the panda? We rebrand it. As any business person will tell you, rebranding is super important. So they rebrand the panda to give it extended life. And the panda becomes their home run panda. Now, you'll, you'll see videos of them hitting bombs and carrying, cradling the panda back into the dugout. I saw one dude hit a bomb, put the panda on its shoulders. But I tweeted about Murray State, tweeted about the home run panda, and I actually was reached out to by a couple of players on Murray State. And Murray State, they uh, they brought it to my attention, the dimensions of their field. Now, their field down the right field line, is about 290 feet. Pretty short porch in right field, you would say, and you might think, well, they're a Division One baseball program. Why don't they just move the fence back 10, 15 feet, make it, you know, normal dimensions? And for the record, left field is just an absolute track meet. It goes all the way down. Probably, I, I haven't, I haven't Googled Earth it. Google Earthed it. I should have looked it up, but it looks about 575 to the left field power alley. It's like kind of a track, but the short porch in right field, I'm sitting there wondering why the hell do they have this short porch? And one of the players, thank God he did, reached out to me and told me a little story about Murray State's basement. So I'm here to share that. So beyond the right field fence, there is a very small stream and there's a house and the house is actually it's a great location. I'm working on getting my real estate license and if there's one thing i know it's location 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 this house is probably 45 feet from the fence it's pretty close one of the pitchers actually lives there so that's a great setup for him i tip my cap to him it's like an 18 second walk to the field probably like i don't know five minutes to campus i don't really know how the layout of the school but i do know the field but anyway i'm thinking why don't they just like you know kind of fill in that stream i know it might be mean to like the frogs that live there Which apparently are not the problem. But this kid reaches out to me. He tells me about how short of a walk it is to the class. It was a Google Earth picture I tweeted. So he could point out his exact house. And he says, yeah, we would move the fence back if it weren't for money. And the fact that there's an endangered species of salamanders that live in that woods. So they would have to get some sort of permit. They would have to relocate the salamanders. Or I, I, I honestly, I don't know much about the endangered species list. I love animals. I think all animals should live a good life uninterrupted by humans. I also love typical, normal fields. But I also actually love weird fields. So I don't know what I'm saying. The fact of the matter is they cannot move these fences due to the fact that there are salamanders in right field in that little stream. You know, looking at this... A lot of people were responding that, you know, Murray State should only recruit left handed hitters. And I'm here to say those people are absolutely right. It's 290 feet down the line. Literally just sit there and try to buggy whip it over the right field fence. That's what, that's all Murray State should do. They do that. They at least have a shot at the conference championship because you're playing half your games at home. And I feel like you can expose that. And if not, they just shift you hard and then you poke backside singles, whatever it may be. Another tweet suggested that you move the fence back and just give the salamanders tiny little baseball helmets. And I personally think that is the cutest fucking solution in the world. Because think about how small those little baseball helmets would be on those cute little salamanders. I digress. I would feel terrible hitting a home run at Murray State knowing I've putting a bigger risk on the location of these salamanders knowing that i could have pretend, I i would cry rounding the bases if i hit a backside homer at murray state and hit a salamander i'd feel terrible about myself speaking of hitting home runs obviously it's one of my favorite things to watch in baseball even as a pitcher i loved watching home runs did i like giving them up not really did i care also not not really it's something that happens it's all part of the game But I've always thought, what could the best feeling in baseball be? And I think hitting a walk-off home run or just a home run in a big situation is probably the best feeling you can get. However, I'm not an expert on this matter. I'm really not an expert on many matters. But fortunately, I do have friends. Yeah, I know. That might surprise you. Me, with friends. And one of my good friends is actually the nation's leader in home runs. He's tied for it with the Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez of Texas. And his name is Jake Geloff. And Jake Geloff knows what it feels like to hit a home run. So we will go to an interview with him where I learn the feelings of a home run and get a deeper dive into the making of the nation's home run league. What is going on, everyone? We are back here, and we are joined with the man, the myth, the legend, Jake Geloff. Jake, how are we doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. I'm glad I... uh... You know, this was actually why I went to UVA so I could have a podcast and interview you later, and you would have to say yes because you knew me. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was kind of obligated once I saw your text
1: to come on here. I figured I, I couldn't say no; it might look bad for you.
0: Yeah, and then I'd have to show up at a game and I'd have to boo, which I don't, I don't want to boo you. You know, as we were talking on the podcast, I've never hit a collegiate home run, and Jake, you you have before, right? Like a few. Yes, yes, I have. Okay. And I was just talking about how it's potentially probably one of the best feelings in the world just jogging around the bases after putting the team on your back and crushing you crushing a good old bomb. So, Jake, can you walk me through how it feels? Yeah. I mean, when, once it
1: goes, once you feel it off the bat and, you know, you get the no doubters, especially nowadays with... You know, people are getting pretty creative with, you know, all the bat flips, bat drops, and, you know, we even get bat flip grades now, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, the feeling is just – it's wonderful. You know, once you hit that ball clean, there's no better sound in baseball, you know, in my opinion. And then, you know, playing in front of a, a, you know, pretty decent-sized crowd, have everyone cheering, you know, from you. And it's definitely cool. You know, you see the guys in the dugout get fired up for you, and uh, it's definitely a special feeling. Do
0: you ever think about getting any, any sort of creativity or – or any like like do you go into an at-bat thinking when i put this ball over the fence this is what i'm gonna do or is it just all by like total feel of the moment
1: at least for me it's like total feel i don't know that i haven't really like planned anything out um try to keep it <laughs> somewhat even keeled you know it can't be like flipping it 30 feet in the air you know probably you know yeah that- probably wouldn't <laughs> love that
0: <laughs> yeah that might result in a few uh few extra uh, few extra running laps or whatever it is, whatever sort of punishment they can come up with. Just, like, going up to the plate, are you ever thinking, like, okay, I'm leading the nation in home runs. If I hit one here, I'll be leading by X amount or anything like that? Or are you just going up looking to put the ball in play?
1: I'm just I'm just trying to go up there and hit the ball as hard as I can to some degree, you know? <laughs> put the ball in play, like, get a pitch in the zone, hit it hard, and, you know, good things will happen for
0: sure. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad plan. Now, this is actually going to sound a little weird, but I'm good friends with the Wake Forest Pitching Coach. And I was talking to him, and he was asking me about you. And he said, what would you do to get him out? And I said, I have legitimately no clue, to be honest with you. And he didn't really know either. One thing he said was, it looks like you're selling out for pitches because your helmet's coming off, but at the same time, you're on time. So have you ever thought about the fact that your helmet might be helping you. I
1: have never gotten that take, but it's at this point. I mean, as, as also with KT comes off an he swing. So, at this point, <laughs> who knows? It, it might be helping us out.
0: You know, coming from a good baseball mind, I, I just thought that was a really intriguing take, and I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on it. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean I'm, yeah. I'm
1: sure you didn't help him out at all. I mean, you, uh, you kind of when we were doing the inner squads, I think it was like over five, over six with like five Ks and a ground like, ball <laughs> right back to you. So. I hope you didn't, didn't well, too much secrets away.
0: well, the only secret I knew was just throw a ton of submarine sliders, but that worked last year when you were just getting into college and hadn't seen college pitching yet. But now I feel like every weekend I'm seeing at least one to two clips of you absolutely smashing a slider. Now going to UVA, obviously Zach, your brother had gone there. He played third base. He did a great job. Phenomenal baseball player. What was your uh, collegiate decision process like, like, arriving at the school like how did you decide you wanted to go to uva as opposed to other schools and things like that
1: yeah i mean i think my brother and i have you know a special bond um you know we want to state tournament together for in delaware um so i've i've had experience playing with him and you know had a lot of fun you know it was it was very special and then you know once he got here i knew that you know the coaching staff at uva would give me a shot at that you know, it was my dream school to to go there, play with my brother and, you know, wish to have won a national title with him, which would have been pretty cool. But, you know, we had a great ride. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I know it is. <laughs> so obviously Zach was a third baseman and now you are UVA's third baseman. Would you say it's kind of like, does it feel weird kind of filling in those shoes? Like, obviously they're familiar shoes. They were at your front door every time you left for school or whatever, depending on <laughs> where uh, where you left the shoes in the Gelof household. It, is it, like, strange? Like, how do you feel about that? Like, I want to get your opinion on it.
1: Um, I mean, it's it's not really, like, too weird. You know, it was just nice to play with him last year, and then it was one of my goals of mine to, you know, take over that third base role and, you know, have another Gelof played there for UVA at hot corner.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of worried for uh, next year, or, well, not next year, two years from now when, you know, either you're drafted or... Whenever you depart from UVA in whatever fashion you choose, because I feel like it'll probably be your choice, if they're going to have to recruit someone with the last name Gelof to play third base.
1: I know. But, my uh, my parents have been from, like, you know, random, you know, it's just some UVA fans they're like, oh, you, you got any more of those Gelof brothers? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but... Moving on. This time last year, obviously, we were, we were pretty terrible. Would you agree with that sentence? Uh, yeah, that's definitely. Which I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We were like 4-12. and 12. Now this year, you guys are ranked fourth. You're 22 and 22-2. Obviously, a lot of twos. You're 22. It, it makes sense. What would you say is different at this juncture last year compared to now?
1: Well, we're, we're scoring more runs than the other team at the end of the day, so that's, that's definitely a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> that will help but no I mean I think last year uh you know we kind of went through the trenches you know as a whole team and I think we kind of you know the guys that came back and you know that great core of guys you know leaders of you know Devin and Tap, especially of the the hitters is you know we've been through you know what the trenches with everyone and you know we brought that we brought everyone together and like you know we went on that run near the end and I think we kind of just carried that momentum as the guys from last year bringing it in and really you know showing the younger guys the rookies coming in you know what it's all about how to win baseball games here because we, we know how to lose them and we, we figured out how to win them <laughs> later in the year so
0: you know try to pass that pass that down yeah and I mean I think you guys are doing what it takes to get there just based on my judgment I took obviously we took a different route last year but as one of my old math teachers used to say there's more than one way to cafeteria and I I think the path you guys are choosing right now is probably the better path to take the more fun path certainly in my opinion yes winning winning is a lot more fun than losing <laughs> now jake i got two more questions for you and then i'll stop bothering you who would you say is your favorite pitcher who was there last year who did not get drafted and started a podcast <laughs> you know wow you just you're asking a ton of tough <laughs> tough questions Shaq. yeah there, there's a lot of people you could go with god i i'd have to go with my buddy Stephen shock okay well you heard it here guys that's the home run leader in the nation sure he's tied for it right now but that doesn't matter because he's gonna he's gonna continue to go off ladies and gentlemen and jake thank you for joining me along this ride i appreciate you taking the time little g as i know you of course but now as we all know you are the normal size gal off you are the only gal off at uva thank you for your time thank you all right we are back and thank you, obviously, to Jake Oloff. He's an absolute legend. He didn't have to do that. And we certainly appreciate him for taking the time out of his busy schedule as a college baseball player to sit and talk with an old teammate and Steve. Now, I want to tell you another story about three brothers, not the local regional pizza joint in Maryland for the Maryland listeners. This is about three separate brothers, and their siblings, who all picked up a win in relief for their schools, their respective schools in college baseball this week. So I want to give a shout out to Evan Grant and Colin Taylor and their parents for raising absolute studs who all picked up a win this week. Evan Taylor pitched for Arkansas, he picked up the win on Tuesday night. Grant Taylor picked up the win for LSU on Sunday and Colin Taylor, who went to JUCO as a catcher before going to college. He went to Arkansas for a little bit and transferred. He picked up a win for University of Alabama Birmingham, the Blazers on Sunday. Now, looking forward, looking ahead into the crystal ball this weekend for some good matchups. A great matchup is going to be the newly ranked by my friends at D1 Baseball, the newly number one Tennessee Volunteers taking on Vanderbilt. They're in-state rivals, which you don't really think of a ton. Well, maybe you do think of it a ton. I personally didn't think of it a ton, and I think that's awesome that they're playing against each other, squaring up and fighting. Another matchup I'm looking forward to, obviously, is going to be Virginia and Georgia Tech. Every week, you're going to hear me talk about how much I love Virginia, because I really do love Virginia. I was a fan of them before I ever went to college, and I am a fan of them to this date. But I think that's going to be a good matchup, just because Georgia Tech's got a very balanced lineup. Virginia's got a, very, a pretty dominant pitching staff in my mind, so I'm interested to see how Georgia Tech's bats respond to that. Another matchup I'm looking forward to, we're staying in the ACC, is going to be Notre Dame at Florida State. Now, the Irish play in a very cold-weather environment. Florida is very hot, for those of you who don't know basic geography and how the equator works. Since Florida is closer, it's going to be a little bit hotter in Tallahassee. I'm interested to see. I think Notre Dame's got a very power, power-heavy lineup. They had a good series against Virginia Tech. They lost one game in a pretty ugly way, in my opinion. But I think that's going to be a matchup to watch. Another series to look out for is going to be the Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on number two Arkansas. Arkansas probably hasn't lost a weekend since last year. No, they didn't lose any last year. Since two years ago, that's probably the last time Arkansas lost a weekend. Mississippi State has recently dropped out of the rankings. I think this is a very good opportunity for Mississippi State to prove who they are because Mississippi State, they're a talented ball club, and I feel like they have all the pieces, they just haven't put them together yet. Another interesting series to look out for on the West Coast is going to be Oregon versus UCLA. I think UCLA is a very well-coached team. They have a phenomenal pitching staff. Their bats have just been a little, little behind. And Oregon, obviously, they're ranked 21st in the nation for a reason. They are a very solid ball club. But I think this is going to be a good test to see how good they are against what I would consider one of the better pitching rotations in the nation. Then we have TCU versus West Virginia, which I think will be an interesting matchup, just because two very different play styles. And that's, that's one of the things I love about the Big 12 is just the range of schools they get. You get all the way from West Virginia to Oklahoma. like it, It's just interesting, the schools that they have. I think West Virginia is a very talented ball club that is underperforming. In in my mind, another series to look out for is UNC Asheville versus Presbyterian, strictly because Presbyterians had a weird week, and I'm interested to see if it gets any weirder and they can sweep UNC Asheville. Those are the games that I am going to be watching the heaviest, depending on, you know, how scores look and things like that. I'm mean, also interested to see Maryland versus Penn State because I think that's a very good Big Ten matchup. Maryland has just dropped out of the rankings. I don't believe any of the Big Ten schools are in the rankings right now, so it'll be interesting to see if they can creep their way back in. But anyways, what a ride we've had. We've talked about the Blue Hose, them blue guys. We've talked about Murray State, their home run panda, which made its way to the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Yeah, they made it to the Rocket City Trash Pandas field this week with the home run panda, which I think was awesome. More schools should play at my early fields when, you know, my early season isn't happening yet, but that's a story for another episode. Again, thank you for joining along. We've heard from the great Jake Geloff, our first ever guest. We are honored to have him. Thank you to the home run leader in the nation at NCAA D1 level. We appreciate you, Jake. We are huge fans and we appreciate you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and let's have another great weekend.